We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Welcome back to The E-Commerce Leader, the place to be for those who wish to become the best e-commerce leader they can be. And today we're going to talk about some very powerful stuff. We're in the middle of a discussion with Jason about merchandising, bundling products together for profits. In fact, not just bundling, but upselling and two other related ones, which is cross-selling and dynamic pricing, um, plus a discussion about bundling business models, which sounds kind of crazy until you look at what Jason and Cinnamon have built on their site, Pixie Fair, and you realize actually done elegantly, that can be very, very powerful, add a lot of money to your bottom line. So it's about the bottom line, folks, the profit, the money you get to keep, the leftover, not the turnover, all those things that should be gladdening your heart. So stay tuned, take notes. And as ever, if you want to get more details or any links mentioned, go to theecommerceleader.com. Enjoy the show. The third one is cross-selling. Now, cross-selling for us can be incredibly powerful. And that means literally not just directly bundling, but then the cross-sell is different than a bundle because in a cross-sell, you're referring people to a different product completely in the course of selling them on your product. And the power of this is that if you think through what your ideal customer really needs or wants, but you don't directly sell it, you can get very creative in terms of how you cross-sell. So for example, just as a use case, if you've got a core product that you sell and you make money on and you're happy selling it, but you know all the customers that buy it want something similar or related in the process, but you don't want to sell that thing. You can very easily go become an affiliate for a different and say to your customer, hey, I know a lot of my customers like this product. And in the thank you emails that you send out, in the follow-up, you can refer people to other products, not even your own. I mean, other companies' products and make some money, maybe even a good amount of money on being an affiliate or cross-sell. So the idea of putting your customer in touch with other products or other even service providers or other you know product sellers is really the, the interesting twist here that we can serve our customers with on e-commerce terms that a brick and mortar company can just never do. There's just no effective way for a brick and mortar company to do cross-selling in the same way we can. And I think that's a unique power that we have. And we really should geek out for our own businesses to say, how can we, you know, use cross-selling effectively? Yeah. I mean, this is the one thing that really makes me want to to get off Amazon or, or to help people build their site off Amazon because there's so much power in this and mm -hmm. it crosses product type boundaries in a way that you'd never normally, you wouldn't go to a burger shop and mm -hmm. then <laughs> I'm thinking you go to a burger shop and then buy a value meal and then get put in touch with a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. that, that would be a little bit wrong anyway, even online. <laughs> but Although there's got to be something, that. you know. I, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> you go to a place where you eat salads and then you get put in touch with a with a sort of meal coach or something like that, nutritionist. I mean, there are yeah. types of restaurants I can think of in London where the, the, the personnel, the, the kind of 
people that go to it would be mm-hmm. up for both things. So it's, it's a bit yeah. of a mad idea. But in a physical shop, that would just be weird. Whereas on online, if it's done deftly and in the right way, then, then that mm-hmm. can suddenly bring in all sorts of different products which work in different sort of price points. I mean, training yeah. traditionally is a much higher price point than just yeah. some you know food or plates or whatever. Yeah. The one thing you can do on Amazon, it's really try to manipulate as much as you can without breaking TOS any more than you have to. The the two places also bought with and other sponsored mm-hmm. products related mm-hmm. to this items. Now, the simple right. but expensive, but I would say highly worthwhile thing to do is to advertise against your own listings mm-hmm. with related products. And I would go mm-hmm. pretty aggressively with that early on, because if you can then trigger the also bought with algorithm, then that starts to get Amazon to do some cross-selling for you. Right. The other way you could do it is often a co- you can actually offer a coupon code on a different product. Um mm-hmm. And then I would say, to be honest, at this point, you probably could do with some off Amazon traffic, like your own email list or or, uh, sell a chatbot flow or something like that, where you can send them a coupon code and say, I noticed you bought X. We we can offer, you know, Z Mm -hmm. or Z for a a much reduced number so that you're just trying to goose the Amazon algorithm. And it's really Mm -hmm. the usual Amazon game, which is you spend a lot of money to drive sales that don't make any money at all or maybe make a loss in order to then trigger the algorithm. And if you do then that could really help. It's not an easy game. I have to say, I don't know many people that do this at great scale, but it can be done. I have a coaching client we worked with previously who did a just genius job of cross-selling. And uh, and here's how she did it. She had a product that she would sell called her secret vendors list. And it was, so she would, she sold items, but then, and it was all like in the craft space. And then she had a product called my secret vendors list. And it was an ebook that was she sold for $199 and it was literally just a list of her wholesale suppliers <laughs> she would literally say here's all my secret vendors my here's where i get this and that and the other thing and it was just this long book of lists that she didn't need to make affiliate commissions off any of the links cuz she was selling the book for $199 <laughs> so it was like a genius move and she sold that book like crazy. So because if people come to your store and they're like, well, where do you where do you find all these items? Your first inclination is to say, well, that's private because I don't want to tell you because then you'll go buy from those people. But she just totally flipped it around. I was like, I'm happy to tell you exactly where I get all my stuff. Just give me $199. <laughs> and, and she sold that book a ton. That's it really cool. worked. <laughs> It's so simple. I mean, and yet it worked. I like that a lot. That's that's kind of got the advantage of being kind of cheeky. And yet, of course, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense. I mean, people paying for it mm-hmm. because they want access to something that has got commercial value. I wouldn't give that list away either. So, I mean, I guess, right. yeah, yeah e- even if your competition is buying it for you for 199 bucks, I guess they were going to find them out eventually anyway. By You're diligence. making money from your competition. Your competition <laughs> nice. is buying from you. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, the, it goes against the grain, doesn't it? I mean, some part of mm-hmm. me, like all like all uh, e-commerce sellers, you're like, I'm going to reveal my sources, but you know, it might have a limited self life, but it's certainly, you know, it's 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 got the advantage of simplicity. I say that I like it, I really like it. Yeah, it is a genius move, and I think it's a lesson all of us can apply to our own e-commerce businesses. We ask the question, what do our customers really want, and how do we give it to them? And if your customers really want to know your sources or where to buy things, and you can answer that question and make money doing it, dude, I mean, it's just a different product you would offer them. So anyway, it is a nice idea. So that's the third uh, third magic we have here, which, which is cross-selling. Yeah. 
Nice. I like it a lot. So the, you got this fourth magic of merchandising. I'm beginning to see what you mean by magic. I mean, that, that's kind of like the opposite of magic is just kind of the very blatant, but highly effective. I like that a lot. I'm still getting my head around that. <laughs> What's this fourth thing? Yeah. Dynamic pricing. Now, pricing is a core part of retailers merchandising, like brick and mortar, you know, merchandising. You got your sign in your front window that says, you know, 30% off sale or whatever. But the power that we have as e-commerce sellers is we can do dynamic pricing. And let me just mention a few ways that we can do that. First of all, you can, if you're a Shopify seller, I don't know that if you, you know, a lot of, this is new to a lot of people, but you can actually alter your price by geographic location. So you can have your products on offer for $10 in France and for $15 in England. And it's just, you know, IP address driven. And so if people come to your site from France, they see one price point. If they come to your site from different, you know, location, they see a different price point. That dynamic pricing really gives you interesting options, you know, and you might ask the question, why would you do that? But if you know that your shipping costs are really expensive in a country, but you don't really want to, you know, just say, hey, my shipping is, you know, $38, you know, to ship to wherever, then you can just adjust your prices. And then, you know, you lose money on shipping, but you've made it up a little bit on your, you know, your front end price. Those ideas are available to you in a unique way that that there's just that's not possible in a brick and mortar operation. But for e-commerce seller, it is. And there's other options for, for dynamic pricing. Another one that's obvious is create a membership where VIPs get special pricing. And you're like, hmm, who do we know that has done that? Well, Amazon Prime <laughs> is the just, you know, penultimate example of a membership program that, you know, and in theirs, it's interesting because they created their membership pricing for shipping, not for pricing discounts. I, you know, I, I, if you think about how they did it and what they've done, it's kind of interesting. You, you know, we all, as we use Amazon Prime, think, do they make any money off of me? Like, are they losing money on this deal? But clearly it works for them. And then the third idea is, is split testing. And, uh, you, you know, you can continuously run price determination exercises on your on Amazon. You can do this as well as on your own e-commerce platform, like with Shopify, to optimize your pricing. And you can serve one customer a price point, And the next customer that goes to that product listing can see a different price point. And you can learn a ton on pricing optimization by doing dynamic pricing like that. Yeah. So those are some thoughts. What are your thoughts on all that stuff? That's really good stuff. I mean, first of all, the Amazon version. So thinking about Amazon as a platform for a second. Uh, yes, in the European Union, that's particularly useful because the wealth levels between, say, Germany, France, Italy, Spain and and uh, UK is no longer in the EU. So I would not advise mm -hmm, moving mm -hmm. stock across the barrier. It's actually easier to move stock from China to Germany than it is from the UK to France, even though it's 30 miles. It's absolutely That's insane. Crazy. Yeah. It's a bit like you guys fell out with Portland, Oregon or something, and you could not <laughs> move stock. It took you two months to move stock from, from Washington to Portland. It's a weird situation, but you yeah. know, it's how Europe rolls historically. So we're in one of those periodic falling outs. But anyway, within Europe, you can definitely you still price differently uh, across all the different Amazon marketplaces. And what that means mm -hmm. is you can... Mm -hmm. I just it's not so much different costs, although that might be a structure, but it's the competitive pricing might be different. So you can price mm -hmm. competitively and make sure you're still making a profit. And that can be a percentage or fixed pricing. Split testing is also available on Amazon. If you, I would suggest using splitly.com. It's not kind of built into this normal software, but that works quite well. Now, regarding Amazon itself as an example of membership, I mean, Amazon's a, an interesting 
one to be inspired by, but to copy is a bit dangerous because Amazon actually mm-hmm. lost $40 billion last mm-hmm. year on, as a first-party seller, which is a frightening amount considering it had its, quote, best year, as in revenue year, <laughs> in 2020 ever. The more Amazon sells as a first-party seller, the more it loses money, and Prime is one of those reasons. However, they have got the membership money coming in. I don't believe that it, that it wipes that uh, loss out, but you can copy that without going as far as Amazon does mm-hmm. and you know make sure your discounts aren't as aggressive as Amazon's are yeah. or offering free shipping on potentially maybe I my wife probably and I have this between us maybe made 150 orders this year on Amazon or something and say my life wife does like shopping a lot so yeah that probably is not something you want to open yourself to but you could do no. a version that is not as aggressive and and you know make it work very well for yourself I think yeah, and the the membership pricing piece. There's so many examples to look into. You know, Costco is obviously the other one that yeah, their model is just a buyer's club, basically. Yeah. And there was a guy who created this concept named Saul Price, hmm. and his company was called Price Co. And he was the guy who Jim Senegal learned from. Jim Senegal, who created Costco, was like vice president at at Price Co. Saul Price's company, and and that guy originated this buyer's club model that Costco has scaled. And so it it is an interesting offline example of a membership model that you could look into. And there are many variants and many twists and turns. You know, we have sewing with cinnamon as our model that we implemented three years ago, three and a half years ago. And we have about a thousand people in it and they get content and training and it's a, a fantastic part of our business. And so this dynamic pricing piece, it can be done for, you know, membership can be done for dynamic pricing reasons or different pricing reasons. It can also just be done as an exclusive buyer's club. There's just many ways in which you can do that and learn from offline sellers as well as online sellers for it. Yeah. What I really like about what you guys have done is you moved from the physical product creation world, although, you know, a bit unusual, yeah. very, very highly handcrafted. I guess those amazing doll, dolls clothes that, that Cinnamon was making back in whenever it was, 2008, 10, on e- selling on eBay. But you've moved through to the digital products, but also training. And, and I think the fact that you combine that into one business, albeit kind of different business models, is fascinating to me because I see very little of that. I mean, what are your thoughts on on that i don't want to sort of go off the the point of merchandising but Mm -hmm. i suppose it's the ultimate merchandising is kind of bundling business models together what are your thoughts that's a great point i completely agree that that is the opportunity we have as e-commerce sellers is you know you let's say you get something working you get let's say it's a private label product working your opportunity is you know there's many business models you can bolt onto that and you don't have to just offer a second private label product as your only way forward And that's the, you know, I guess you're right. It's another way in which we can bundle together interesting opportunities for our customers. And yeah, that's what we did. We, we had a good, you know, customer base around a specific product. And then we asked ourselves, is there a membership opportunity? And we felt like there was, and it, you know, we launched it the first year we got to, I think, 400 members in the first year. And now, you know, three and a half years later, we're just right, right at over a thousand members. And we have some plans in the works to try to double that and triple it. And we, we have some specific, you know, roadmaps. The thing about it is it's a complementary business model to our pixiefair.com core product offering. And so they work together. And that's the unique opportunity I think we have as e-commerce sellers. It's not a shiny object or a distraction to say, what else is there that I could bolt into my business? It's just like saying, 
you know, what, what other ways in which can I serve my customer base makes sense and it might lead you into a new and interesting business model. Yeah. I like what you're saying. I mean, it's interesting just, just to talk about the shiny object distraction piece in relationship to complicating your business by bundling, cross-selling, you mm-hmm. know, the, the other things upselling. I would say that the difference, weirdly enough, something that looks from the outside very similar can be more of a shiny object than something that looks from the outside very different. And I think the commonality you have is a really deep understanding from what your customers want and providing that as opposed to what what you've been sold to as, as a marketer and i think that's the difference i've got an interesting example from one of my clients actually who who was in the travel space i, I don't think it actually pierces his name and I'll, I'll just mention him because i think he would be kind of reasonably okay to be you know be reasonably glad to have it mentioned because he's doing a lot of seo work for other amazon sellers now who want to create their own businesses somewhat off amazon presence i guess the idea is to gather traffic and and create the relationship through email marketing etc with the with the customers or the shoppers but to ultimately at the moment at least sell them on amazon and then eventually you know transition a certain percentage of sales to your own site and and see how far you can go with that usual story but one of the interesting things is that he's ended up with a site that that the google seo has really taken off he's actually making more in profit as an affiliate now than than he was at certain points because of the pandemic that with his own private label products the revenue numbers probably look a lot less impressive but because he's in he's taking affiliate commissions he has no cash in at play so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a drop shipping model only not really Mm -hmm. you know i guess it kind of like drop shipping but it kind of grew out of promoting his own private label products so it's kind of got to it through the reverse engineering the opposite direction which is fascinating to me and it just goes to show that he's attracting the exact same kind of customer avatar that Mm -hmm. he was previously trying to sell his physical private label owned owned products in other words his company owned that stock and now he's selling the exact same people from the same traffic other people's products so that's an example of the fact that it doesn't have to be either or and uh it's not something that's a a common situation what are your thoughts on that i mean i suppose there are pros and cons of that and he didn't really set out to do that but it's kind of transitioned that way it it is merchandising isn't it and it's a it's a very interesting twist and it just goes to my whole thesis here for this podcast which is we do have some tricks available to us as e-commerce sellers that you just can't replicate offline. And so I think that's a fantastic example of it. And I, it reminds me, I was just listening to a podcast with Peter Diamandis, who's the, the XPRIZE guy. He's the author of Bold and uh, a few other books. Um, yeah, and he, his huge, podcast, huge I, I stumbled into it. I think it's a couple years old, but it's with Dan Sullivan. It's called Exponential Wisdom. I'm really liking it. And one of the things that they said in this episode I was just listening to was that most big disruptors don't disrupt in their core industry they're operating in. They disrupt into an adjacent industry. And they talk about examples like, you know, Steve Jobs didn't have any business in the music business until he did, until, until he, you know, he created the, the iPod and, and iTunes and all that. And, and other examples come to mind where, you know, you might be working in an industry with a customer base and then it allows you an advantage point to uniquely bundle or merchandise and disrupt into an adjacent, you know, sector industry in an interesting way. So I think the sky's the limit on this stuff for us as e-commerce sellers. It really just is a matter of identifying customer need, asking the question how we can serve them effectively and what, you know, what our customers currently, you know, who they are, what they want and how we can, you know, 
serve them well i think is the is the main gist here so and again looking jealously on from the sort of amazon sellers you know primarily these days still i think knowing who they are and what they want is really the the valuable piece because from mm-hmm. that you can extrapolate the other stuff if you're just right. selling products on amazon you're getting the cash flow now which is always very addictive and you get the keyword data to a degree from the outside with your nose pressed to the to the window of the mm-hmm. back office but what we don't get is is to really understand the customer and i think that's the key yeah. piece that sooner or later wherever you actually make your sales is one thing but having that deep understanding of the customer from interaction with them from the ability to talk to them do surveys yeah. run sales and see what they buy is is in the end such a major competitive advantage i think everybody's got to have part of that as part of their business uh, wherever the actual sale happens is is actually not quite as critical as as people think i think but that relationship is the piece that you guys have nailed down at pixie fair for sure i guess as you're expressing it that way i've never thought about it this way before but you know big data is all the rage you know topically and people talk about big data and stuff like that and i guess what you're saying is because we sell direct to consumer we do have access to data that we've maybe not with a science brain analyzed and had any you know revelations from but just seeing it and knowing it and you're right the ability to do surveys and polls and see what customer behavior looks like has given us a data advantage for us to be able to say what else can we do and i think many direct to consumer e-commerce sellers have that advantage whether they're science brain people or not Hmm. or that whether they're gut level level intuitive people i think they get to similar outcomes which is I can see what's happening with my customers. I lo- I know who they are. I know what they want. And I can figure out how to serve them well. And I guess that's, that just goes back to the thesis here, which is it's a part of the merchandising magic that we have available to us. Absolutely. Well, if you want to just uh, recap those uh, four ways of using your magic, the magic wand waves, that would be great. Yeah. The first one is upselling. The second one is bundling. The third one is cross-selling. And the fourth one is dynamic pricing. Those are fantastic tools that we get to use to really do well in the area of merchandising. Yeah. Amazing. Right then. So I think our usual call to action is, is to go and subscribe. And obviously we want you to subscribe if you're listening to this because we're going to try and you know keep giving you the tools to make you the best e-commerce leader you can be. But also we've got a contest going on. So one of your favorites, all-time favorites of promotion tools, isn't it really, Jason? So tell us how that works. I love contests and we have one going right now. If you're listening to this podcast between when it's published and the end of July 2021, then you can go to contest.theecommerceleader.com and enter our contest. We're giving away a Visa gift card. All you've got to do is subscribe on one of the podcast players of choice, Apple or, or Spotify, are the ones we have linked up. You can also share the podcast link with your friends for entry points, and you will be entered to win. Of course, it's a void where prohibited and all the blah, 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 normal legal stuff. But we'd love to have people enter. It's already up and going. People are already jumping in. So we're grateful for that. And if you'd like to refer the podcast to one of your friends and enter to win, that would be, of course, a fantastic outcome. So we're grateful for anyone who's entered. And uh, we hope everybody jumps into it. And the prize, what is the prize from this? $250 Visa gift card. So you can use it for anything you'd like. Totally your choice, what you do with it. Yeah. 
I think that's pretty generous for, personally. I think as one of the guys put in the bill, but I think it's a, by the way, super <laughs> smart thing to do in terms of uh, you know any kind of promotion. By the way, if anyone's launching a new product, what a great idea! But also, I think you should go through it just so you, you can see how uh, it's been set up because Jason's a total and utter pro with this stuff. And if you can get points for getting a friend to subscribe to a podcast as well, I mean that's a bit of a no-brainer for me. Particularly, obviously, assuming they're in e-commerce rather than somebody off the street. But that's great. Well, look, I um, I'm always honoured to you know to be able to to pick your brains and all the wisdom you've got going there there's just a, a ton of wise stuff you got there and as ever your enthusiasm for the the magic of e-commerce is infectious so great to hear the the tips from from the front line so uh thanks man. awesome as always thanks buddy that was the e-commerce leader podcast with michael Vizi in london england and jason miles in seattle washington if you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.